0: what is up everybody welcome to bench chatter the common man's nba podcast i'm your host Colin, here with my co-host noah on this beautiful tuesday night and noah we are officially into the off season.
1: yeah the bucks did it con they did it in six games um i believe someone on the podcast actually predicted that right con um do you know who it was
0: you know you know, I, I won't say that I, I predicted it right, because my official prediction was box and Seven. Hey. But we recorded our halfway through the series pod after game three. And, and the the take had been percolating in my head since game two ended, and LeBron tweeted out two down, two to go. And I was like, man, like, it just, the media seems, like, so short in their attention span of, like, one game means everything, I was like, I just, I don't see it. And I was like, I'm feeling 2006, Miami Heat vibes. They go down two up, and they come storming back against a very good team. So, you know, I I have predicted that correctly, 75%.
1: Yeah. um, How'd you feel about it, Colin? Were you happy to see Giannis finally get his first one? I bet that was like, it felt like a big, like, that's like a, that's a moving point for Giannis, you know, like that first championship yeah, is I off mean, his shoulders.
0: To, to quote Charles Barkley, if you're not happy for this guy, you just don't like basketball. I mean, how can you not be? The pure joy, like all the Instagram lives, like the fact that he was so adamant about staying with the Bucks, even though like the modern day NBA is this players market where you go where you go to win when you're a caliber of player like Giannis and he stayed they built the team and boom he's an NBA champion nobody can take that away from him nobody and he did it so and it wasn't a Mickey Mouse one either it really wasn't
1: no the Suns put up their best effort Colin um you know they kind of stopped getting to the rim um, at a certain point in the series, and the mid-rangers did kind of come back and bite them in the ass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Devin Booker had a pretty incredible playoff run, Colin, for his first playoffs ever. Um, he, yeah. went, he went insane, but over the fourth you quarters, over all of the fourth quarters of the six games, he averaged seven points, had no free throw attempts, and averaged one assist. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. So See, be seven hard. points isn't
0: isn't yeah terrible. seven points isn't awful. But yeah, the one assist, not great, and, and it really did feel like he he disappeared at moments. Um, yeah, that DeAndre Ayton getting in the foul trouble really didn't help. You know, you, you can blame the refs a little bit, but the Bucks just really started to hammer him because they knew that. If DeAndre Ayton's out of the game, you get Frank the Tank, and uh, I don't think it takes a, a, a high IQ to understand that Frank Kaminsky is a better matchup for you than DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> so, hats off to the Bucks. Hats off to Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. We said it in our sure. preview; these guys have to step up. They did. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's a dog, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. Um chris middleton played really well um you know he he exercised some demons too colin of all the you know people talking about how he doesn't show up every game but um he really proved it in those last four i'll tell you that did you see um did you see that that little fact that like pj tucker beat every four other guys from that Rockets starting lineup to win that final yeah that was crazy that was nuts i think he beat ariza on the heat ariza yeah harden capella And Chris Paul.
0: Bada bing, bada boom. Give it to him. Yeah, and PJ Tucker played real well. PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, that supporting cast. They're going to go down as champs, and they
1: absolutely deserve it. Can't wait for next season, Colin. It's going to be a really good one, I have a feeling.
0: I know. Before we get into uh, the, the next segments, we have who do you think is the favorite going into next season? Nets. And this is according to DraftKings.
1: Nets.
0: Who is it? Yeah, so you're right. the The Nets are, are plus two hundred. Where do you think the Bucks are? Fourth place wise. Did you already look at this? No. Yeah, they're fourth behind. Who do you think?
1: Mm,
0: Lakers. Yeah, Lakers are two at plus five hundred. Clippers. No, it's honestly, it's, it, this is so stupid, actually, that this team is third. Oh, Philly? Maybe this team didn't make the playoffs. What? Oh, Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. I, come on, you, you can't give me that the Warriors are that's, the third. That's so disrespectful. That's so
1: disrespectful. Bucks actually going to win played the finals.
0: In two years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm really hoping Clay but,
1: comes back and didn't lose a lot from those two injuries. Um, when when Clay and Steph are cooking, they're a hard team not to root for. I'm gonna be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They definitely became the villains once KD got there, but Clay is one of the most lovable stars in our game. Alrighty, Noah. With that wrapped up, uh, the biggest news heading into the draft on Thursday has to be. The Grizzlies and the Jazz blockbuster trade Grizzlies going and into oh my god Grizzlies and yeah Pelicans yeah duh I said I said Grizzlies and Magic before who are the Pelicans Noah <laughs> who are they what, what even what do they do
1: they are Colin, um a basketball team. yes oh
0: okay and why should we talk about them is this a basketball podcast
1: because they kind of they're a very weird rant team, Colin. I'll tell you that. Correct.
0: Definitely. <laughs> so break this break this trade down for us, and then we'll kind of go from there. About yeah, how how this Pelicans team is you claim them to be operates?
1: Yeah. So the Grizzlies in this trade, they receive Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe. The 2021 number 10 pick, the 2021 number 40 pick, and a 2022 first-round pick via the Lakers that is top 10 protected. Um, the Pelicans receive Colin Jonas Valanciunas and a 2021 number 17 pick and a 2021 number 51 pick. So Grizzlies here getting two players that are kind of eating up salary for the Pelicans. And they also get three picks. Um, one of them being the number 10 pick in this draft, Colin. And another one being a Lakers pick next year. That's top 10 protected. So, at least it'll be another asset for them to have. And the Pelicans get Jonas Valanciunas, who's coming off a career year. And they move down in the draft a little bit. Um, what what were your initial thoughts to this, Colin? Did you have, like, a clear winner, like, just the moment you, like, read this what, trade? Or? There's...
0: So there's a lot to unpack here because there, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. Trade. Yeah. So the Pelicans get the, the clear best player included in the draft in Jonas Valanciunas, who, as you said, is coming off a career year. Jonas is a guy who spent much of his early career in Toronto being a solid role player and then amidst the Raptors run was traded to the Grizzlies. And since he's been on the Grizzlies, you no, know, he is, he is, he's been cooking. Um, this last season, he put up 17 points a game, 12 and a half boards, about a block a game, on 61 percent effective field goal shooting, on roughly 12 attempts a game. Uh, that's that's pretty good. I know he's he's a big man, but he's, he's got a nice stroke from the line. He shoots about 78 percent which is huge for a center and he gets done what he's got to get done. Um, I, I think he serves as a better front court option than Adams to pair mm-hmm. with Zion and, and Ingram. I think that he demands a little bit less and can space the floor a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but to break down that side, a Steven Adams is no bum. I mean, We watched this guy be a premier defensive player in OKC. We watched him absolutely dominate on the the pick and roll and the lob with Ross. And to pair a guy like that with John Morant is, I don't know, I think it's a little bit scary. Like, I'm not hating it. And then you combine that with the fact that the Grizzlies move up in one of the best drafts that I can remember. From 17 to 10, and I think, Noah, we can get into this a little bit. There's a consensus that the, the lottery in this draft is more valuable. Like, we call like the, the 9 to 14 picks are more valuable in this draft than maybe even like the 7th pick last year.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I was really happy to see that the Grizzlies did go and um, move up in this draft. Um they didn't really give up any future assets, so that's good because Valentunis mm-hmm. um actually is getting paid in a year, Con after this season, and he probably will be due for his biggest payday yet. Um and the Grizzlies just yeah, absolutely. really for their future, they couldn't really do that. Um it's weird, Con, because we see with these rebuilding teams, you know, they're usually trying to do do the rebuild as fast as possible. You know, they'll trade future assets to mm-hmm. get better year to year. But this trade actually it's a different strategy that the Grizzlies are approaching with this con. You know, They did make the playoffs last year. um, But to me, it kind of feels like they're taking a step back to be better two to three years from the road. um, Which is a strategy I don't hate. Um, Now they avoid paying Valanchunas. They move up to the number 10 spot con, and that actually puts them in the range to bring in a high-impact rookie. um, Something that they wouldn't be able to find at 17th overall um, where they were before. Um, and I know we're yeah. going to do our mock draft tomorrow, but just a couple names that pop out to me for them at number 10 are like Moses Moody, who's like an elite 3 and D in this draft. Um, Davion Mitchell, the guard from Baylor that won the national championship team. Um, a guy like Franz Wagner, who's just a sniper. Um, so I like it. I like it a lot on the Grizzlies end. Um, they are Eden cap. Um, I expect them to keep Adams, as you said, yeah. Con. Adams and Jonas Valanciunas are pretty similar players. Um, Jonas Valanciunas to me, Con, he might be a top five center um, if you're just looking at last year in the league. Mm-hmm. But they did get a they got a slightly younger player in Steve Adams, who I think is a better defensive presence than um, Jonas Valanciunas actually. And Memphis does lose a lot on the offensive end. Um, you know. Steven Adams only averaged 7 points, and JV averaged 17 points. But I think a side winner of this trade, Colin, is Jaron Jackson Jr., because it really shows that the Grizzlies are going all in on Jaron Jackson Jr. They're going to pay him, they're going to pay Ja, and they're also going to give him a bigger role within the offense to hopefully he can be the guy to make up some of that points they're losing in trading Jonas Valanciunas away. Um, Mm -hmm. Jaron Jackson Jr. actually DM'd me on Instagram, Colin, and he begged me for you to pick him next year and that yeah. he won't let you down.
0: But he said that,
1: well, yeah. it's good
0: because I haven't blocked because of <laughs> what happened last year. <laughs> him constantly DMing me, I'm going to be back, Con. I'm going to be back. Don't drop me. And I was like, okay, JJJ, JJ. like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold on to you. Like You're going to be great come playoffs. And then finally he was like, hey, Con, like, I'm not coming back. And I was like, all right, I'm dropping you. And then
1: a week later, he was back. So <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll just see. another we'll just see. another pro for Stephen Adams. Con I think we can both agree he played the best basketball of his career when he played with Russell Westbrook. And I think John He's Morant. Dumb. I think John Morant might be the league's most similar player to Russell Westbrook. So I don't really think it'll take these two oh, very absolutely. long to build chemistry up. And no, you I mean, argue, and that's what I was trying to allude to. Yeah. What do you want to argue about? Uh, I mean, you could argue that Stephen Adams will be a better role partner for John ja Morant. Just because, you know, mm-hmm. Stephen Adams wants to bulldoze his way to the rim. Whereas JV, you kind of have to appease him and give him his touches at some points, yeah. too. Or else he'll get a little unhappy.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking at basketball reference. Like, Valanciunas took about 12 shots a game last year. Stephen Adams took 5. Yeah. Like, he's not a guy that needs... His touches, like you can set him up. He can get the the second chance boards, like that. He can eat that way, and you don't have to take the offense away from your actual playmakers.
1: Yeah. Um. Before I talk about it from the Pelican side con, we do have to talk about the situation the Grizzlies have regarding Eric Bledsoe. Um, Bledsoe's on a pretty bad contract. Con. He's currently making around yeah. eighteen million a year. But the Grizzlies would actually only have to eat $3.9 million. That is That um, is... The $3.9 million is the guaranteed money left on his contract, and they could move on. Um, I don't think Bledsoe's value is totally like at zero. Um, no. At the age of 31, he's not the guy he used to be, but he's still an experienced point guard that I think some teams would be interested in. And I don't think Bledsoe will ever play a game for the Grizzlies, Colin. I think they'll either trade him or... Worst case scenario, they just pay the $4 million to basically move up to number 10 in the NBA draft, which I see as worth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I see that. I don't see any reason as to why you would want to be paying a backup point or 18 mil over the next two years, too. He still has yeah. two years left on this contract. So, it, to me, maybe you're not necessarily punting this season, Um but like you said, it's it's definitely more of a longer look at the rebuild, and paying Eric Bud so this year and next year, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, I'm. Who a,
0: kn- I i do not I
1: you know. Unless niche- you can
0: find somebody to give you like a second for him, and yeah, I take that. Just like getting rid of the salary.
1: OKC okay, so would probably do that. OKC okay, so probably would do that. Um, you get Kemba in there. You know, my initial thoughts, con, were that the Grizzlies want this trade strictly because they got the number 10 draft pick from the Pelicans. But um, these are mm-hmm. these are just one, the first move, I think, made by both teams. Um, I think the Grizzlies will do more after this. And I also think the Pelicans could become potential winners of this trade, con depending on the moves they make after this trade. So clearly getting off Bledsoe yeah. and Steven Adams is pretty nice. They opened up about... 25 to 28 million cap space to work with now in the summer con and yeah they gotta make zion happy con um zion mm-hmm. is such a fantastic player and the pelicans can't risk having another ad situation on their hands um yeah. so yeah they have 25 to 28 million in cap this offseason um that depends on if they keep josh hard or not and it assumes they're letting lonzo walk so if they could sign someone, Colin, um, you know, they want to chase Kyle Lowry. I don't know if New Orleans is as appetizing as some of the other offers Kyle Lowry will get, but if they could get a guy like that, Colin, I could see this trade. This trade is totally worth them if they can actually do something with that mm-hmm. cap space. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think on paper, just by looking at, what the Grizzlies had to give up to what they got, I would argue that they won it. But you're absolutely right that the Pelicans aren't looking this at this in a vacuum. This is the move to set up the moves that actually make the franchise better. And you got Jonas mm-hmm. Valanciunas. I mean, it's not like you got sticks and straws out of this. Mm-hmm. You got an All-Star caliber player at center. Now you've got Zion, you've got Brandon Ingram. You figure out the point guard situation, and you run it. I mean, Zion's going to be in year three now. That's kind of the year we've really seen some of these guys just pick it up. Third so, year with
1: his third different head coach.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I don't know what they were doing hiring Ben Gunn. That, so
1: that was such a bad trade. That was so Van Gandhi Gundy somehow convinced them that he could build the same team like he did around Dwight and then he realizes that Zion doesn't really play like Dwight and that that Magic team yeah, had and he realized four 30, 40% three-point shooters.
0: <laughs> and he, yeah, he realizes it's not 2008 anymore. <laughs> I, <laughs>
1: actually, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about Con. I don't see why the Pelicans are so... They kind of seem dead set on being fine with Lonzo leaving. Um, That always kind of confused me because I think Lonzo should and could be a very crucial part to their core, Colin. I I like Lonzo as a player a lot. Um, I think he brings a lot of skills, like his playmaking and his defense, and he's not even as bad of a scorer as people actually think. Um, You know, I would love to see him on your Chicago Bulls, Colin. I think you're going to get him on a deal, too. That's what I... But um, if you were the Pelicans, why are, why do you think they're just so set on Lonzo not being a part of their future?
0: Um, yeah, I, I think that Lonzo's well, he, he made great strides. I mean, to go from a guy who his first season was shooting thirty percent from three to is now shooting thirty eight percent from three. It with. That stroke that he had, I mean, remember, he had all that hype, and everybody that was a hater said, look at that shot, no way, Jose. And they were kind of right, but he's since figured it out, and to be able to get that out of a guy who I think is a top-five playmaker, could be a top-five playmaker in the NBA. Obviously, he was splitting minutes with Bledsoe, so that's not going to help assist numbers and by any means, I like that. So, I think that Lonzo needs to go do his own thing. I think that the Pelicans I come to the up, Bulls, Zion. Yeah, I, I think go to a team that doesn't. The Bulls have, would
1: appreciate him.
0: Oh, we would love him. Yeah, but like, so now on the Pelicans, you've got Jonas, you've got Zion, and you've got Ingram—all guys that need to get theirs well mm-hmm. before Lonzo gets his.
1: Yeah. So, and I think Lonzo's that kind of player I, con. I don't think he's a score first point guard. I think he does look to get his teammates involved. I actually thought that Lonzo should have been on Team USA con as um the roster construction of that team is kind of sus. Um they don't really have any pass first point guards. You know, Damian Lillard's starting point guard con, but he is certainly not a pass first point guard. But no. USA basketball is a whole other fucking problem.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's a whole different problem. I guess my point was a guy like Kyle Lowry probably has a better basketball understanding of how to run an offense with those guys because it's not as though it's an easy offense to run. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking about a team where your three best players now are all in the front court, and that's kind of the opposite of how a lot of teams are built now. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think from that perspective, it's just a different style of basketball that definitely keeps the ball out of his hands. And who knows? I, the the Eric Bledsoe thing definitely screws up his stats this year. But I think in their mind, they're better off going for an experienced vet guy that can run it and, and go from there. I think that's what their analysis looks like if they can get kyle lowry but yeah to the flip side of that if you don't get kyle lowry who do you want
1: uh, i i don't even know it's not like they're it's not like in they're running they're in the running for chris paul you know maybe they'd be happy with no, mike chris conley maybe they'd be happy with like mike conley but at that point i think i'd rather have lonzo um yeah, if they can't get Lowry con, yeah. this kind of looks bad because, you know, maybe they end up with, like, Derrick Rose. Um, but I also think they believe yeah. in Nikhil Alexander-Walker a lot. So I think that's also part of the reason they're fine with Lonzo potentially leaving.
0: Interesting. Interesting. You want to hear the and, ultimate yeah, loser it, from it, this it, trade? Eric Bledsoe.
1: It's actually not Eric Bledsoe. It's your boy, Justice Winslow, who is on the Grizzlies. Oh, is he going to get cut? Yeah, he now, he has a team option this year, and the Grizzlies are basically guaranteed uh, to decline his team option because they just financially can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, see you, Justice. We had fun while it lasted.
1: I, one of my worst takes ever, con was I was a big believer in Justice Winslow. I thought he was going to be an absolute monster in the league.
0: Yeah, dude, he was good. He was athletic as shit. I, 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 I saw the hype. Um, but yeah, his teammate down there, um, at, uh Kentucky, Duke, Duke. No, actually, they both busted. Sorry, I thought he was on Kentucky. He played with Jabari Parker, didn't he?
1: Yeah well yeah. <laughs> he, he I think he was a, he played for the Kings at one point last season I know that
0: yeah yeah the bulls brought him in like four years ago' it's like uh,
1: <laughs> I remember the hey we
0: brought the homeboy home
1: it and jabari can find his form he was a former number two pick he was the former number two pick where can I, I for you what we
0: even got him for yeah, yeah like there was a two. huge press conference about it
1: Probably a bag of like chili cheese Fritos.
0: Yeah, Well, it was Milwaukee, so I think it was part of a deer there. Right?
1: Oh, yeah, that makes
0: sense. Was the trade? Yeah. <laughs> All right, final verdict. Who won this trade?
1: Uh, my current prediction. Who we have to pick now? I'll, I'll give grades, and I'll tell you the winner, Colin. The winner right now is Dude, Memphis Grizzlies. Games. The winner is Memphis Grizzlies, for strictly for that number 10 pick. Um, that's going to turn into a really good pick for them, Con. Um For the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. I'd honestly give it a B plus, knowing that they can cut ties with Eric Belzo pretty easily. And they're bringing in another rookie that they don't have to pay for a little. Um, looking from the Pelican side, Con, my grade could be much higher for them after I see who they try to sign with this cap space. Um, Trading off the number 10 pick, I'm not too hype about Colin because I do think that could have brought into a player that would have been a core piece of their team. Um, I was pretty high on them taking a guy like Corey Kispert, um, another guard, Mm -hmm. to get in there to help get guys the ball. But now they have Jonas Valanciunas. I'll have to see how him and Zion play together. He's a better uh, spacer of the floor than Steven Adams was. Steven Adams doesn't space the floor at all. Jonas averaged one attempt last year, but he shot 37%, so at least he's shooting them. Um, my initial grade yeah. for the Pelicans, Colin, is probably, like, a C plus, but it could go up to an A if they sign Kyle Lowry, you know?
0: Yeah, because then they accomplished exactly what they were looking to accomplish. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All righty. Transitioning out of that trade let us do the off-season plan for a team that has pretty low stakes come Thursday night, and that is the Los Angeles Clippers. And obviously the Clippers are a team that would like to very much win right now, and they kind of have to. um, But we did get the good news from Adrian the other day, that Kawhi is almost inevitably
1: coming back, which is a massive starting point for them. Yeah, um, I actually wrote this whole plan a couple weeks ago, Con. But um, you'll hear what I have to say about that later. Um, getting into their plan, Con. The basics, um, cap space. The Clippers are looking at a hot zero dollars, Con, in cap space. Pretty nice. Um, Ooh. A lot of lot of room to move. Um, exceptions: We're looking at a 5.9 million dollar taxpayer mid level exception, which is basically just a six million dollar ex- um, clause that the Clippers can basically put onto a guy that they want to sign and it doesn't cap. It doesn't count against their cap level. Um, draft pick: We're looking at the 25th pick con. needs. Um, the Clippers kind of just need general depth, and they need everyone to be healthy for them. Um, Mm-hmm. Relevant free agents, con. We're looking at Serge Ibaka, who had a player option, um, who has a player option. Serge was kind of um, forgotten about in that playoff run, con. He was hurt for most of it with, like, back issues. Um, he certainly would have been a big help for them in the playoffs. Um, I don't think people realize yeah. that he was missing from them for a pretty good amount of time. Um, Reggie Jackson, con. I know Colin, people forget.
0: Well, on side note, people forget when Kevin Durant ranked the top five players he's ever played with, he put Serge above Russ (laughs) on accident,
1: but he did. So, think about it. Um, Reggie Jackson is also a free agent, Colin. Um, Certainly a guy who the Clippers cannot keep him. He's going to get a good bag this summer, Colin, and... He deserves it because he was absolutely fantastic for the Clippers in that playoffs. Yeah, he, he was at, he was their second best he player. Was electric. Um when when Kawhi was out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick Batum is a free yeah, agent yeah, con yeah. and then Kawhi Leonard has a player option con. Um that leads me into basically the biggest part of this summer for the Clippers is Kawhi's decision con. Um, Kawhi is mm-hmm. such a rare caliber of player, Colin, that he can be injured and still get a max contract um, just because he's yeah. that good. Um, and he has four options, Colin, if he wants to stay with the Clippers. Four options. Um, option one is he opts into his player option for $36 million and he becomes a free agent next season. Option two, he signs a one plus one, which is a one year contract with a player option on the second year which is basically almost the same thing as the first one, but it pays him a little bit more. Option three, he opts out and he signs a max four-year contract, $176.2 million. Option four, he opts in and they extend him for a total of $217.5 million. Um, most people would look at that con and they would say, why wouldn't he do option four? That gets him the most money. Um... And if Kawhi becomes a free agent next year, Khan, he can sign the largest contract of all time. He can sign a five-year, $235 million contract with the Clippers.
0: That's, that's a good sum of money. I've seen money before, and I can tell you in
1: my professional opinion, that is a lot. He would be making just around $47 million a year for the Clippers. Um, I don't think Kawhi's a money-driven guy, Con. You know, I don't know him personally, but he could have had a Supermax no, from either San Antonio. He could have had a Supermax from either San Antonio or the Raptors, but he wants to win Con, and he wants to be in L.A. I think those two things come before how much money he actually gets. And I think the Clippers will do anything to keep him happy, so I don't see him leaving. Um, he he would he might opt out con and people will probably freak out, but he's only doing that to get more money.
0: Um, yeah. So to read the uh, the Woj quote, uh, he said it on the Zach Lowe podcast. He said, "I've got no indication that Kawhi Leonard is interested." In doing anything besides re-signing with the Clippers and rehabbing that injury, let's go. So, and <laughs> Woj, Woj is the god for a reason at this stuff. I mean, do you do you remember Noah that free agency when just about we'll call it like ninety-five percent of reporters were saying that Kawhi was going to go to the Lakers and that the Lakers were number one. Basically, everybody but Woj and a handful of probably like Clippers columnists were saying this. And Woj the whole time was like, no, this is not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that he's going to the Clippers. And Kawhi keeps a real tight circle, like a real tight circle. Like, his uncle's like his agent or something or his manager. Mm -hmm. And he's got like two or three other buddies. Like, it's real tight. And Woj clearly has an in on that because he has the right information, so... Kawhi back to the Clippers. I think I'm just gonna with that as yeah. like that's happening.
1: Yeah. Um. As I said, I wrote this plan a couple weeks ago, son so Colin. So I had to kind of write a doomsday, mm-hmm. um, what if he leaves scenario.
0: Um. All right. Well, let's hear it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Kawhi, Kawhi wants to play with Luca. Who knows? Maybe he wants to come to his hometown of Chicago. That
1: would be his hometown if he lived there. <laughs> um, so if Kawhi we're leaves, Khan, the Clippers aren't totally screwed. Um, I think the 2020... I think the playoffs, con proved a lot about the Clippers. Um, Tyloo's a really good mm-hmm. coach, Khan. Um, plain and simple. He made really good adjustments. <laughs> he made really good adjustments over the playoffs, and he also kept a pretty good attitude um surrounding the team and I think it also showed us that Paul George is capable of leading a team Colin Um, he's not like a top 5 player but he's easily like a top 12 top 10 player Um, PG's locked Hmm. in for 4 more years Colin and the Clippers have players around him Um, stars love to play in LA and I think another star easily would want to come to the Clippers to play with PG Um, even if Kawhi left Colin the Clippers are so far above the cap that him leaving wouldn't give them enough money to sign another max player, but a signing trade wouldn't me? be off the table. No, they wouldn't. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Jeez. Um.
1: Yeah. Again, I don't think Kawhi leaves. I think he's gonna sign a one plus one, or he's gonna just opt out and sign the four-year contract. But if he leaves, you know the Clippers still have options. But that's enough star talk, con because we know Kawhi, we know Paul George. They're gonna bring it every night, but. What the Clippers have to do with Batum, Ibaka, and Reggie Jackson is pretty interesting. Um, that's a lot of depth that could be potentially out the door. Um, Reggie Jackson is gone, con As I said, he's going to get paid somewhere else. That's how good he was in the playoffs. Um, Ibaka has a player option worth $10 million, and I could potentially see him getting his last long-term deal somewhere else that's worth more than $10 million, or around $10 million and for a couple more years. So I don't think he's a lock to come back to the Clippers. Um, Batum is tricky because he was on a minimum contract last year, Khan. So the Clippers can actually only oh, yeah. offer him three million dollars max, and he played better than that, in my opinion. Um, he could oh, take six. He could take six million from LA using their mid-level. But LA could probably get a better player using that mid-level exception. Um, the bottom line is the Clippers are gonna have to get a little lucky, Colin, to keep any of them. Honestly, um, I think all three potentially could be on a different team next season, and that means they're gonna have to get busy during free agency, Colin, with signings and trades. And the Clippers, to me, Colin, are a team that I think does need another like high-caliber player. Like Reggie Jackson can't be your third-best player. I think if the Clippers want to win the finals, Colin. You know, it might work with LeBron and AD, but I don't know if it's going to work with Kawhi and PG. Paul and George. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I came up I came up with some potential trades, Colin, the best part of these. So, I love these. the first trade is the Clippers receive Kemba Walker from the OKC Thunder. The Thunder get the Clippers first yeah. this year. Luke Kennard, Rajon Rondo, and Ivaka Zubak. Um, this trade would only happen if the Clippers feel good about Kimba's health. Um, his knees were a pretty constant problem last season, but it's a high-risk, high-reward deal. I think that could end in a championship for them. Um, Kimba has elite-level scoring con when he's playing at his best, and he can also set up Kawhi and PG. And also, his bad defense con would be easily hidden by PG and Kawhi because they're both fantastic wing defenders. Um... What do you think about that one, Colin? I think...
0: First off, I... If I'm the Thunder, I have no reason to accept that trade. Why do I need Zubats? Why do I need Rondo? Why do I need Luke Kennard? I've got picks out the wazoo. What does the 25th pick get me this year? I feel like somebody else probably has a better offer for you for Kemba. But on the flip side, you're right. We have no idea what Kemba's health is. Kemba's stock is at an all-time low. So I think it depends on what the other teams out there want for him or value him at. And then two, do do you like Kemba? To set that off, himself. I mean, looking at... Uh, That's what the Celtics struggled with.
1: Yeah. Was Um, that
0: he's not really a point card.
1: I... Looking at this from the Thunder side, Colin, I do think they'd be willing to make this deal. Um, I think the hardest part of any trade would be getting off... I think the best part of any trade for the Thunder would be getting off Kemba's contract. Because if they can trade Kemba, Colin, they get another first-round pick, even if it's shitty. And they clear up that cap space to just wash, rinse, and repeat. They get another guy on a fatty contract that no team wants. They get a first. And then they use those firsts as assets when they're willing to strike. Um, The Clippers, I... I do like the thought of Kemba on the Clippers, I'm going to be honest. If he can actually stay healthy, I think him, PG, and Kawhi would be a very tough offense to stop. And I don't think their defense really takes a hit either because... Kemba can be hidden by those guys.
0: Well, I don't think you can say it can't take a hit. I don't know what Reggie Jackson's def- defensive capabilities are off the top of my head or how he's perceived, but we know that Kemba's a liability. We know that. Which, you know, as you said, you, you can hide that and you take his scoring if he's healthy. Yeah. I, I don't hate this by any means. I would I say I that. To it marinate I would say man. that Trey
1: Young is. People thought he was going to be a liability in the playoffs on defense, and the Warrior and the Hawks did a pretty good job of deflecting that yeah. too. And they don't have defenders There's anywhere near Kawhi and PG. Big facts. Um, the second yeah, trade. comment. Honestly,
0: I, I, my last point about this is honestly for me. No, I, I don't hate it at all. I just, I struggle to see why, I, your rationale to me as to why the Thunder do this doesn't sway the needle for me. If I'm Sam Presty, I think I could get more for him.
1: Alright, Sam Presty. Sorry, dude.
0: Get the hell out of here.
1: Alright, so the second one, Con. Um,
0: oh, okay. Also, Kumba's got a player option next year it's
1: going to be 38 mil yeah you know they're already spending fuck it all right all right let's see Uh, it all right the second trade con is the clippers get um podcast fan favorite christian wood from the houston rockets let's go the rockets get zubak the rockets get Ivaka zubak and terrence mann they also get the Clippers' 25th pick in this year's draft, and they get a 2028 first-round pick, con, which is kind of appetizing. No protections on that pick, and who knows what the Clippers look like by 2028, really. Um,
0: question, is I, Is that because the 2028 first-round pick is their next first-round pick after the 2021 pick? Maybe. They don't have a pick for six years.
1: No, I didn't look it up, but um, well, I just well, threw 2028 20, no. in there. But they might not. Uh, they had okay. OKC owned okay. so many of their picks. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: um, this trade only happens, Colin, if Mobley gets taken at number two, which is kind of still up in the air. I think the Rockets will draft Jalen Green, but Mobley could still go there. Um, Mobley is mm-hmm. going to be able to start right away, and they stock picks, and they get a nice prospect in both Zubac and Terrence Mann. Um... Houston also, yeah, Houston gets Terrence Mann, who proved he can play at a high level, and we get a ton of playing time in Houston. And Christian Wood is a modern Mm -hmm. center con, and he's a viable insurance piece if Ibaka leaves. And I think this move drastically improves the Clippers.
0: Yeah, uh, I like this trade package from the Rockets' perspective much better, and Christian Wood is on arguably the best contract.
1: In the I NBA, over the next so two
0: years, he's getting paid 13 a year to put up All-Star caliber numbers. Yeah, I I really like this. Um, I think Terrence Mann from the Rockets side is a real nice piece. He kind of showed what he could do. Obviously, he dropped 39 in that game against the Jazz, which was sick. Just Mann went off, and Zubats is uh, center. He is a basketball <laughs> player. He is a that's, basketballer. He he he's tall. I will give him that. <laughs> and he's got hair sometimes. Um yeah, And the 2028 20, first. I mean, who knows what that could be. That's kind of right. juicy. So that is that is kind of juicy. Um I don't know if the Clippers would be willing to give that up, but that's a nice trade package. Why not? For a guy that would definitely help, yeah. Seriously. Um you yeah, cuz If you're the Rockets, I have to imagine that Christian Wood isn't going to re-sign with you after the 2023 season. Yeah. Uh, Depending on what you do with these picks. Who knows? That's kind of a... That's a decision the Rockets would have to make. But I, I think that this is a much more evenly balanced trade. And boom, yeah, the... The Clippers, that would look real nice. <clears throat> that would,
1: they would be tough to score on. Yeah, I would love to see Christian Wood on this team, Colin. But um, moving on to who they could spend their mid-level exception on, Colin. Um, they got five point nine million dollars to spend. Um, this is none of these names are going to be necessarily sexy, Colin, but they're all going to be impact players that potentially could help the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Which is um, what the
0: Clippers need right now. Yes, I mean, honestly, the sexiness probably isn't where they go.
1: Yeah. So we're looking at Bobby P., TJ McConnell, Kelly O'Linnick, Danny Green, Carmelo Anthony, Austin Rivers, and Daniel Tice were all guys who I thought would fit decently with the Clippers, Colin. Um, did, any, did any of those names stand out to you as guys you would like to see on the Clippers?
0: No, there was one name that I heard there. Uh, and once I heard that, I stopped listening to the rest of the names because I already know who it is. I love it. I love it. And I, I'm sad for you because I don't think he comes <laughs> back.
1: That's fine. TJ
0: McConnell
1: oh. on the Clippers. Oh,
0: oh man. Oh. oh man. Just the scrappiness. Oh. That would be. And he, he oh can my set god. Shut up, your guys.
1: I, imagine um, it. Imagine getting guarded by a TJ McConnell Pat Bev backcourt. She's yeah, I I think I might just turn
0: the ball over just because I can hear. It sounds like monkeys screeching. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Um you're getting did TJ finish with the most steals in the NBA this last year? I believe he did. I believe he did as well. Obviously he had uh the not very often seen triple double with steals <laughs> this season. Which is absurd. Uh, you know, he didn't lead uh, in points per game in steals this year, but he did lead in total steals. Okay. So we'll give him... I don't think that technically gives you the steals crown, but we can give it to him.
1: Yeah. So, I think he's the exact type of, like, selfless playmaker that this Clippers team has needed gone since they were constructed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I oh no, we're talking about a guy. Who,
1: oh my God, he started three games so last good. Year.
0: He only started three games. So he played 26 minutes a game. in 26 minutes, he averaged eight and a half points, 6.6 assists and two steals.
1: He's so good. In 26 minutes. He's so you know, good. Like
0: his, his per 36 stats last year were 12 points a game, nine assists, two and a half steals. And five boards on top of that.
1: Oh. I I would love to see TJ McConnell on the Clippers con, but I actually think he gets paid uh, almost two times what their mid-level exception is. I think TJ yeah, McConnell's a easy so, okay. like $12 million point guard at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to assume so. I would have to. Just based on what he was able to do, I think somebody's going to find some space for him, but... Oh I, that name. The Pacers. oh, I would just I think that would be really awesome to see um, and then I think that he's really in a tier of his own there I think that the rest of the guys I like Danny Green as a role player a spot up shooter that makes some sense to me Javi Portis is an energy guy for sure um, I don't know if that is turning many tides for the Clippers in terms of what they need. It, it would definitely help. Any of these guys would help, um, except for Austin Rivers. Actually, I don't like Austin Rivers on the Clippers. I don't think that return would uh, be be any uh, cause of parades from Clippers fans.
1: Yeah. Um moving into the big picture, Con. Um I think the Clippers have to swing a trade no matter what really this offseason. Um I think they got to go for it, Con. I think next season will be one of their best years to go for it. Um I think this year was, but then Kawhi got hurt. Um they went all in on Kawhi and PG, Con, and they can't afford to not improve um year after year. And it's going to be hard offseason for them, Con. They need depth at every position. Um, they need players to put around Kawhi and PG and they don't have much money to work with. So it'll be really interesting to see how they play around that salary cap and who they inevitably end up with. And like I said, when Kawhi opts out, don't freak out. He just wants to get as much money as he can.
0: Yeah.
1: Boom, bada, bing.
0: Absolutely. Bada, bing, bada, bada, boom. Yeah, I think my, my final point with the Clippers is that They're doing a small retools. Um, I think that with the roster, the way it is right now, I mean, it does stand a chance to win an NBA championship. Who knows what happens if Kawhi doesn't go down. Um, We very easily could have been celebrating a Clippers championship. So I don't think that they need to do anything terribly drastic. I don't envision them getting a player of the caliber of Kemba or Christian would I just don't think that's really in the cards for them salary wise or what they have as assets to give up? Um, and I I think that they're going to run it back with a generally similar squad and work from there because I think that they are one of the best teams in the NBA.
1: They're gonna miss Reggie Jackson.
0: That is true. That is true. Like I said, like the retools matter, but the
1: the Choir, PG. Aren't leaving,
0: you know. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's just a different perspective than a, a team like the Hornets or the Rockets. Like it's just a totally different off season plan because it's not how do we build for the future? How do we set this team up for success? The team is set up for success. You just got to find the the right guys to plug in them. hmm Yeah.
1: Which
0: is harder in some ways. Yeah. Especially with this depleted free agency. So, because it's going to mean that guys like T.J. McConnell, like like we said, weren't 12 mil. Yeah. Although T.J. Uh, McConnell probably weren't 12 mil regardless.
1: Yeah, they should just cook the books a little and say they have more cap than they actually do. But, um.
0: Yeah. What's uh, What's Enron up to these days? <laughs> he just got <laughs> out of jail, go. jail, actually. So,
1: oh, Mr. Enron.
0: They just need to hire him. Yeah, Mr. Enron. Mr. Uh, Skillard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Bench Chatter Boys, the Common Man's NBA podcast. But don't fret. Um, you know, as the NBA season creeps closer and closer, me and Colin are looking forward looking to get into a more consistent um uploading schedule like we did last season. And we'll have a, we'll actually have another episode out for you tomorrow doing our mock lottery draft, which should be a ton of fun.
0: Yes, very excited. And to Noah's point, definitely as we get closer to the fantasy season come late September, early October, we'll have a lot of content surrounding drafts and our analysis. Ooh, I can't wait. Players. I know, I'm pumped for that. I'm taking
1: Jaron Jackson Jr. first round.
0: First overall.
1: Dude. All All righty, boys. see See you tomorrow. Peace.